0: Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week.
1: I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And this is week three and week last of our <laughs> Leviticus series. Rachel. It's a good series. Here we are. Team, you guys listening, you did it. Here we are. We're in your last week of Leviticus. You are hanging in there. We've been hearing from you, and we're we're just proud of you and grateful for you. And this is, we're learning so much. It's been such a fun journey. This week, we have as a guest on the podcast, Rachel Jones. Rachel is vice president of editorial at the Good Book Company, which is a publisher that you should check out if you're familiar with their resources. She's written a few books, one of which is called A Brief Theology of Periods. And don't worry, we do talk to her about that. She is just wonderful. She likes to help women see how the salvation story dignifies our bodies and gives us hope. I mm, love wow, that. Okay. Amen. Yeah. Um, this was a sweet conversation. And of course, being from the UK, it is such a delightful listen because of Rachel's beautiful, beautiful voice. And I really think that you're going to enjoy it. So let's get right to it.
0: Rachel Jones, welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast. I'm so, so happy you're joining us today.
2: Hello, great to be here.
1: Okay, so where we are, Rachel Jones. Okay, this is gonna, I'm gonna be saying Rachel, and you're not gonna know. So this is Rachel. Rachel Jones is Rachel, and you're Ray today.
0: Okay, great. From me,
1: from me. If she says Rachel, she's clearly talking to you. Valid. But I'm Mm -hmm. gonna call you Ray. Okay, Okay. here we go. This is a three-week Bible reading plan of Leviticus that we're doing as a community, which means it's a three-week podcast series, and this is week three. So you get to be here to tie everything up in a nice, neat bow. I'm shaking my (laughs) head because that's not a thing that happens with the Bible. But we are going to start in chapter 20, and we're coming down. We've talked in previous weeks about the chiastic structure. We made our way to the center, to the Day of Atonement, and now we're making our way back out. And so we're just so excited to talk through this with you. Now... What I need, I I just, we have to go ahead and talk about what is currently our team's favorite book of yours, and it is called...
0: I have it here in my hands.
1: Rachel, Ray,
0: what is the title? It is called A Brief Theology of Periods. Yes, really.
1: Yes, really. I love the parenthetical (laughs) so much. Um, I'm (laughs) holding it in my hands, (laughs) and it is
0: a well-worn book. Like, it has been passed around the office. This book about a brief theology of periods, all the, like, the women, at least for sure in our editorial team, have just been consuming this book and talking about it, and they were like, please have Rachel Jones on the podcast. We love her for Leviticus. Rachel, talk to us about this book
2: why did you write this book? Yeah, A Christian book on periods. I know, partly because I felt that nobody else was going to go there. Periods are just a huge part of lots of women's lives. You know, yeah. they, they happen regularly. You can't escape them. And for lots of women, they're debilitating mm-hmm. and lots of health issues related. Yeah, I wanted to write a book that showed women that God sees that and He cares about that. And that's even though that's a subject that we probably don't hear much about in church, that's not a subject that God's Word shies away from. He sees into and speaks into all of life's experiences, even periods. Yes, and we see that in
1: Leviticus. I mean, our readings last week... We were kind of those heavy hitters on that subject, right? Where we, it, there were mm-hmm. so many rules about and laws about like, here's what you do. cleanliness um, to and all of the Yeah, things. laws yeah. of cleanness. And so, so you're right. God's word doesn't shy away from it. In Leviticus, there's like a whole section, right, about this. So, when you were writing this book and exploring the theology of period, what did you learn about Leviticus? Like, we're here today to talk about Leviticus. Like, how did that, research changed the way that you read the book of Leviticus?
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was great to do a sort of deep dive into Leviticus 15. I guess I had never really grappled with the concepts of, you know, clean and unclean and holy and common. And just that question, like, why? Why does God set it up like this? Like, what's the message he's trying to teach people? Yeah, You know, the thing I kept coming back to was this idea that, you know, Israel are clean by default, you know, because they are God's people. They've been rescued from Egypt. They've been brought through the Red Sea in a kind of baptism picture. So they're clean, but that's not the final thing that God is going to do. That's not like the end solution. This is all pointing forward to, uh, you know, something that God's going to do that's permanent because they are living and they are, you know, constantly becoming unclean. I think that's the thing that that strikes me from from Leviticus. There's all these all these things you can get wrong, all these things that you yeah. can do to uh, hmm. not even get wrong, but these things that make you unclean, even good things. Right. And so it's all just just pointing forward to the, you know, the the sacrifices and the tabernacle. That's just a temporary kind of. Sticking plaster band aid, as you would say in America.
1: Yes, but yes. And God cares. You know, you said when you were talking about why you wrote this book that God cares about all of these things and He doesn't pretend they don't exist, which is a lot of the (laughs) times what we do in the church. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I mean, He created our bodies, Mm -hmm. He created this system that our bodies work. You know, the system work. is
0: is the thing that creates life, and yes. it's the thing that mm-hmm. perpetuates humanity. Like yes. it is, it is the it is beautiful and critical. Yeah, and mm-hmm.
1: in Leviticus, Rachel, blood represents life in Leviticus. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. So it's not. Yeah, it's nothing. I've, I was
2: I reading like thinking about this part this of your book, and it's
1: like this is not. Something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's which I think is one of the things to bring us back to kind of where we've been in our reading in Leviticus, when we read the words unclean, it's very important to go, Oh, okay, wait, that doesn't mean sinful mm-hmm. or shameful or, you know, this is just our bodies mm-hmm. have functions.
0: <laughs> or dirty in the connotation right. that we sometimes hear. That's right. Or unhygienic yeah. or mm-hmm. something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So Oh uh, well, I can't wait. Okay, I cannot wait to just dig in and keep going. Okay, do we get started
0: into week three, day fifteen?
1: Yes. Leviticus chapter twenty starts out with a bit of a bang. <laughs> um, yeah, and
2: who's we read?
1: Are you asking me? I am asking you.
0: (laughs) Just look at me like, maybe you don't have the answer.
1: I will be honest with you that I did not know who Moloch was, but, or Moloch, how do you say his name? We don't know that either. But what the Lord is saying here, I mean, straight out of the gate, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses, say to the Israelites, any Israelite or alien residing in Israel who gives any of his children to Moloch must be put to death. The people of the country are to stone him. That is not a fun thing to read out loud. I'm just going to be honest with you. However... What this whole book, right, has been about, mm-hmm. the Lord is setting apart yes. His people. I've set you apart, mm-hmm. you're mine. And what we know about the surrounding culture yeah. is that they they do engage in things like child sacrifice mm-hmm. and worship of false deities. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the things that the Lord is specifically saying, don't do these things in Leviticus, it's because the people around them mm-hmm. do those things. The title in the CSB of in chapter this beginning of chapter 20 says Moloch worship and spiritism. Mm-hmm. And so it's the Lord saying like, these are not the things that lead to the abundant life mm-hmm. that I have for you. We are not doing these things.
2: Yeah, and what I love here in these verses is just this sense that their identity is different because God's identity is yeah. their identity. He is the Lord. He has set them apart. And so they are not to do things that the other nations do. And, you know, when you say it like that, it's quite simple. Yeah, it's profound that it's, it's the Lord who is, is giving them this identity and mm-hmm. who is the true God. Yes, yeah.
0: It, it's like he's saying, like, you are set apart. You are dedicated. This is you. But, like, also dedicate yourself to yeah. me. Yeah, I was on that same train
1: of thought, Ray, as I was reading this week's reading, that, like, it's first and foremost that God sets his people apart right, and not our actions. However, our actions, because there are a lot of instructions in this mm-hmm. book of the Bible, right? And we are to, God's people mm-hmm. are to obey his instruction and follow the law. And so he sets his people apart, and then his people's actions mark that they are set apart. That's right. And his people's actions mm-hmm. agree with their, like, yeah. Set apartness.
0: Yeah. That's where I landed. Does that feel right? It does. I, I think that what I like about Leviticus chapter 20, because like when you're getting real up close, you're like, oh, like all of this stuff about this Molech, you know, and then even like later on, it's like the family and sexual offenses. And then it's kind of like this like, here's like 15 different cases of like what would be. Offensive to me in terms of sexual behavior, and, and what to do, like the, the or not to do. Right. Well, I but, mean what oh, to yeah, do? What to, the to the people do? When, I know when it's very the offenses are committed. But the thing that I love about the Lord in Leviticus twenty is that we talked about this last week. Clarity is kindness, and He is clear. It's not like just you know, like generally, you know. Do the—you know, like, use sex in the way that I've designed it to be used. But what does that he's, mean? But instead, he's like, this is not allowed, this and is this what is what means. happens. And likewise with the, the child sacrifice stuff. But at the same time—so he's clear, but at the same time, he reveals his character. Because at the end of the, the Molech section— He says in verse 7, consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statues and do them. I am the Lord who sets you apart. So he's coming back to this is why. And then again, we have this whole section about family and sexual offenses, and it ends with verses 22 through 26. Rachel, will you read this? Because it is beautiful, and it concludes with our key verse for the book of Leviticus. Yes, we finally got there. But it's God God going like, here's... Again, here is the thrust of my character and why this matters. Mm -hmm.
2: You are to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them, so that the land where I am bringing you will not vomit you out. You must not follow the statutes of the nations I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and I abhorred them. And I promised you, you will inherit their land, since I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey." I am the Lord your God who set you apart from the peoples. Therefore you are to distinguish the clean animals from the unclean ones and the unclean birds from the clean ones. Do not become contaminated by any land, animal, bird or whatever crawls on the ground. I have set these apart as unclean for you. You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart from the nations to be mine."
0: He's so clear, and he's so kind, and he's also just like hey, this. This is why this matters. Yeah, I appreciate it. And of course, first to belong to God, like yes. you know, right. what a privilege, right? Like, and the kind of God that says, "Y'all come." Like, it's not like this exclusive club. It's like here are the laws, and here's what it looks like to be a people of God. And yes, it begins with Israel, but then join us. Like, right. come and be my people. Well, and even the clean, Does God say y'all come, <laughs> maybe in some translation, yes, yes, <laughs>
1: um, that's the Southern mm-hmm. Deep South translation, and the the clean and unclean, you know, that is setting the stage for what will will happen when Jesus comes, mm-hmm. and this is, you know, it is a very blatant, like not just the Jewish people, but the Gentiles as well. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know That is the ultimate y'all come. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you are yeah. all invited. That's true. And yeah. not just invited, but like... Pursued. I have made... Y- yes. Yeah. And... He has made a way
2: that this is
1: all about God's presence and being present with God.
2: Yeah, the verse that kind of came into my mind from the New Testament as I was reading about those death penalties Mm -hmm. was, you know, the wages of sin is death. That's right. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What a gracious offer that instead of death, we get life through Jesus. It's so
0: true. We sometimes forget how serious sin is because of Mm. how generous— God is with mercy. And so we, we forget, and Leviticus helps us remember, sin is dead serious. Dead serious. Which, you know, like the more you understand the depths and the, the seriousness of our sin, then the more we can understand and give thanks for the mercy that we've been given. Yeah. So those of y'all studying with us and have been listening to this podcast series, you know that the book of Leviticus is a chiasm. That's our $10 word, but that just means that we have made our way up to the middle of the book, and now we're coming back down. They fold upon each other in these like matching sections, and so we're kind of making our way out of the middle of the book of Leviticus into a new section about priestly living. And so this is really like chapters 21 and 22, but it's just kind of like maybe six smaller sets of instructions specifically for the priests. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that we have to say about that, Amanda? I mean,
1: so much of the language, to me, did you guys feel like it's it's very similar to the instruction that's given to the Israelites, but it's almost like a doubling down. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay— this is what is expected of all of you as my mm. people who are set apart. And for the priests, we're taking it up a notch. <laughs> I like
0: the doubling down or the taking mm-hmm. it up because yeah. it's, it's because of their proximity to God. They're actually closer and have a little bit more access to God. They're held to a higher standard. Yeah, yeah.
2: And again, it's that, that same thing you were talking about earlier. You know, it's, it's God sets them apart. Yeah, and that's right. it's beholden on them to act this way. I but like it's not that. like yeah. these are the things you do to set yourself apart from everyone else. Bingo. It comes from God first. Yes. It's
1: I've set you apart. And this is
2: what okay. that means.
1: And this is how you behave, mm-hmm. which is very similar in a way to, you know, I have been saved by grace. And therefore, mm-hmm. this is, you know, by grace through faith, you have been saved, your sins are forgiven. You know, Rachel's Jones and Myers mm-hmm. and <laughs> Rachel so Jones and Myers. <laughs> so then, therefore, this is how you act out of that. That's it's right. not the you yeah. act this way to earn this status.
0: Yeah and Rachel, I like that you reminded mm-hmm. us of that language that mm-hmm. yes, Israel is set apart, but you're going, and within that, the priests are also even more set apart. That's helpful mm-hmm. language.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And
2: and for you know another question is for what purpose? Yes. We get this repeated phrase, isn't it? So that my name won't be profaned. Yeah, yeah. And there are a light to the nations, and again that's a really helpful kind of echo in the New Testament. I love that the study guide's got that one Peter two nine there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this idea that we are priests, we are a nation of priests who've been called to proclaim the praises. Of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light it's, it's that same kind of idea of i've done this for you so that my name will be honored and glorified and held up as holy by, right. by all who see you and when we do fail you know jesus is the perfect yep. priest yes. right. he is yeah. the perfect sacrifice as mm-hmm. well as yes. he's kind of fulfills both of these images in this chapter mm-hmm. even when we get it wrong that's that's where our hope is in that's right and, and yes. we do get it wrong praise
1: the lord Hey, friends, taking a quick break to tell you that our Advent 2022 collection is now available in the shop. Go to Truth.com slash Advent to find all of this year's Advent products, including our Advent study book for the She's, as well as a legacy book for the He's. There is an Advent greeting card set that features all of those wonderful, whimsical, beautiful illustrations from the Advent study book. I am in love with that card set. And if you want to involve the whole family in your Advent experience this week, we would love for you to do that. So be sure to check out the Kids Read Truth Advent Bundle. It includes the ornament set, as well as our This is the Christmas Story book. Y'all, it's too much stuff to list, but just go to shopshereadstruth.com advent and check out the entire collection. And as always, remember the best way for you to secure your book, including your Advent book, is to sign up for our monthly subscription box. The Advent book will come in your November sub box with an exclusive Christmas gift from us. November 15th is the last day to order your book and receive it in time before the plan starts on November 27th with standard shipping. So go to shopshereadstruth.com for all the things. All right, let's get back to the show. That like being held to a higher standard, there was, this is just like a tiny little detail, you know, those little details that strike you as you're reading through maybe upon like a second or third reading. And in Leviticus 22, verse 1, says the Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to deal respectfully with the holy offerings of the Israelites that they have consecrated to me so that they do not profane my holy name. There it is again. I am the Lord. And I love that that deal respectfully with the offering. So mm-hmm. the people are Bringing the offerings as prescribed and the priest then, like, what a weighty job of having to take these offerings. And it reminded me of the verse of like handling rightly Mm -hmm. the word of truth. That's right. And God's Mm -hmm. word and that we, we should wield that like responsibly. And they have these offerings that they have to handle. It just,
0: I was this is not a flippant for them. matter. No,
1: there's nothing casual about mm-hmm. this. There's nothing casual mm-hmm. about the book of Leviticus.
0: <laughs> I noticed in, in Leviticus 22 uh, on day 16, like, the, just that, that repeated, I am the Lord. I know. I'm the Lord. It's I'm all the over Lord. the place. It's, and you know what? It is not too many times. Like, we still need that <laughs> reminder that many mm-hmm. times and sometimes, oftentimes more. I am the Lord. You are not the Lord. Rachel,
1: could you just like start putting that in your in your writing, in your books, just like He is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just at the end of every every Lord.
0: paragraph. Mm-hmm. That's what <laughs> yeah. just take a cue. I also I would enjoy that. I also loved in chapter twenty-two that that last section. It's called like the heading for it is called Acceptable Sacrifices, which like baseline was just like like i don't know like this is acceptable this is not and and again in the kindness and clarity we get that but i was just like making notes in my book like well what makes our sacrifices acceptable or unacceptable like i'm just kind of thinking about like what what do my sacrifices look like are they and just kind of like thinking about that in my head and just going jesus is what makes it acceptable yeah. <laughs> like right. the actual answer and then i loved that the going deeper passage from psalm 15 Literally says, "Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The one who lives blamelessly practices righteousness and acknowledges the truth in his heart." So, mm-hmm. like it's like you said, Amanda and Rachel, like it's the yes and of like the only thing that can make us a, an acceptable sacrifice is Jesus, and yeah, we live and walk in righteousness in pursuit of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're turning to some of my favorite mm-hmm. now. When we get to Rachel Jones, you mentioned the festivals and the kind of ordering of time that Mm -hmm. we see in these next chapters of Leviticus, which makes me
0: think of church calendar.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's what it is. Yeah, you know, it is a version of that. What is it about those that makes you grin? You're grinning over there. I see you.
2: I mean, I love a party. So I (laughs) I love. I love. I love the idea that you know. God is setting up a community sort of from scratch, as it were, you know, I like to imagine him, you know, what, what does God put before a community that he's kind of starting from a blank piece of paper with, and he gives them festivals. And like, some of them are solemn, you know, they've all got different, slightly different tones, some of them are solemn, some of them are, uh, are kind of You know, you've got the Day of Atonement, you know, that's quite a serious one. But I love towards the end in verse 40 where it's talking about on the first day you are to take the product of majestic trees, palm fronds, bows of leafy trees and willows of the brook and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Often reading a book like Leviticus and even you know in our own spiritual lives it you know it can feel like we're we're sort of going through the motions keeping these mm-hmm. rules you know desperately got to make sure every box is ticked and we kind of get bogged down in that religious practice but you know it's a great reminder that the end point for the israelites was joy like this was yes. for their joy this isn't meant to be like dry and dusty you know the the end point is praising God, you know, and what feels better than, you know, genuine, heartfelt, joyful praise of God for who He is. Yeah,
1: that's so good. And just that, you know, we know from other places in Scripture where the Sabbath is, you know, commanded and and discussed that these are for their good, you know, that this, mm-hmm. this ordering of time and the commands to rest and the commands to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's telling them to celebrate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just to, you know, we can get, like you said, like just kind of bogged down in all the, the words of it. But at the root, this is, and then I want you to have on this day, you're going to have a party.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and
1: this is the way that's going to go.
0: I marked that too, though, Rachel, like the celebration and the joy. Yeah. I think that we forget to find that in Leviticus and that like among these commands of repentance and these, but like to celebrate that you belong to Yahweh, this is something to celebrate. And yes. like mm-hmm. like waving branches and like just rejoicing together and remembering with gladness yes. what God has done and not just with solemnity. Like yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. something that I, I appreciate and want to remember to, yeah. to do, you know? Yeah.
2: Because yeah. even, you know, even repentance— you know, when it's solemn, like the end point is still joy. The end point is still the joy of forgiveness. Yes. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I feel that like on on Sunday morning, we get on our knees as a congregation and we have a time of confession, but then we rise while Scripture is read that is like this assurance of pardon. And the rising up is joyful because you know this, like because you're hearing this assurance that you've been pardoned from the sin that you've confessed. Like it's— Beautiful.
1: I think what we're describing is freedom. You know, like we're reading about this kind of church calendar that the Lord is setting before them and establishing for Israel. And it's very structured and pretty detailed. But within that, there is the freedom to just to be as people, to stop working, like Mm -hmm. to take a break, to celebrate that, like that joy. I think the root of that joy is... The freedom that exists in being set apart as God's people, and for us, you know, with repentance and forgiveness, what more freeing thing is there mm-hmm. than to be fully accepted by the God who made us? It's it does make me want to like run around in a circle for a minute. Yeah, we'll with do your, a little Chris the, Kane run.
0: Yeah, with the palm fronds and. Uh-huh. Get, yes, i would yeah and then in in uh, chapter 25 we're talking more about sabbath here and jubilee which i love reading about the jubilee but i think that it's just also really cool to me that i mean we know that sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath we know that because jesus says we know so. that jesus tells us that mm-hmm. but i also love the provision the act of provision in giving the land a Sabbath. It forces the laborers to rest and it gives the land a scientific opportunity to rest. And mm. and I think that it's just God is so thorough in the way yeah. that He has set all of this up and that we don't even understand all the reasons for the rest for the land as well. But I think it feels really... I don't know. I keep using the word kind and specific. Yeah. but
1: Rachel, mm. if if the... Year of Jubilee is new information to us. If we're reading Leviticus for the first time, how would you describe that? I love the t- the name of it is so uh-huh. joyful. But like, how would you describe that to someone who's encountering this for the first time? This passage.
2: Yeah, it is joyful. We still have jubilees, of course, here in the UK.
0: just had the diamond jubilee. Yeah, we just had, <laughs> we. Jubilee, yeah, we, we just, had, we've just yes. had one.
2: But it wasn't Queen's quite like jubilee. jubilee. <laughs> yeah. So the idea is that every f- seven years, there's a, a Sabbath year where the land is left fallow. Every seven times seven years, which is every 50 years, I think, there is this year of jubilee. And basically... All the land that has been sold and all the people who've sold themselves into indentured work, they are released and everything gets reset back to the people it was first assigned to when they first went into the Promised Land, so mm. it's this great kind of economic freedom because it kind of levels the playing field in what I imagine would have been a really helpful way. Mm. And as you say again, you know, it's this huge theme of rest. So for the whole year, they don't do any planting or any reaping; they just live off, you know, what the, the land produces itself. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what people would have done during that year. You know, I, right. I like to, <laughs> I like to imagine what would you have done? I mean, a whole year, a whole year.
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, there's probably a little uh, bit of like logistics that gets taken care of. But yeah, other than that, it's like, eh.
0: yeah, like it says, like, you don't, you don't harvest. I mean, you eat what the land produces, but there's not like an act of like harvesting, selling, distributing or anything like that. It's that's, Mm -hmm. I would take a
2: siesta every day. Uh Uh-huh. Amen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's that's
0: that's
1: my dream. mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) And I just, I love the reminder that they're going into this land, but it all belongs to God. That's right. So, you know, we see that in verse 23. Mm-hmm. The land is not to be permanently sold because it is mine. Yes. And you are only aliens and temporary residents on my land. Um, <laughs> and just what a helpful idea that, you know, what a helpful reminder it would have been for mm-hmm. the Israelites that every 50 years, you know, you've got to relinquish this little Empire you've built, whatever up. little monopoly um, you've gotten put yeah. together, all your <laughs> yeah. title
0: deeds and your hotels and houses, and God, yeah, yeah, all of those were mine, to be clear, and all now, of those are mine. Yeah, reset.
2: And so true of us as well. You know, we're so we're so quick to kind of accumulate and yeah. grab hold of things and build our own little empires, mm-hmm. and, store up in barns. You know how? Yeah, mm-hmm. how refreshing if we could really take hold of the idea that none of it is mine and i'm it's god's and i'm just a i'm just a temporary resident on yes. this earth and the lord is the provider that's right we mm-hmm. very easily i
1: i will just say mm-hmm. very easily fall into the trap the lie of believing that i am providing mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. you know in in various ways mm-hmm. with the things that i do and yeah i mean i love this like forced kind of nope I am the provider. Mm -hmm. And so even to know a little before that, that you just read, verse 10 says, the land will yield its fruit so that you can eat, be satisfied, and live securely in the land. And it even says, if you wonder what will we eat in the seventh year if we don't sow or gather our produce, I will appoint my blessing for you in the sixth year so that it will produce a crop sufficient for three years. So when you sow in the eighth year, you will be eating from the previous harvest. You will be eating this until the ninth year when the harvest comes in. He's like,
0: I am the Lord,
1: your God. (laughs) I've
0: I've figured this out. Yeah, yeah. I have thought this through. As we like to say, I have played the tape to the end. Turns out nobody's really playing tapes to the end anymore. Listen,
1: (laughs) in the Williams house, there are some tapes. Some cassette tapes. There's (laughs) some Walkmans. Yeah. Don't worry. All right. All
0: right. Like Don't that. worry. Um, and we all, I mean, we can't turn the page from Leviticus 25 without acknowledging that very special verse 25 that provides for our girl Ruth. It's these little things, these details that seem so minor, but they're major, and they're actually setting the stage for some some pretty significant work that God is going to be doing down the road.
1: Yeah. I know we we haven't read a lot, Rachel, in the like... On the podcast episodes for Leviticus, a lot of the podcast series we do, we read a lot of scripture, but Leviticus has been a lot of talking kind Around of generally yeah. about what... Because mm-hmm. it is so detailed and and lengthy, but we have to read yeah. some of 26, I think. I agree. In this mm-hmm. one, to, 1 to 12. Could we trouble you to read again, Rachel? <laughs> sure. So that we can hear. But I'm looking specifically... I mean, gosh, it's hard to choose. I
0: think we do 1 to 12, and I think it matters that we read this because at first when I read it, Amanda, I thought like, ooh, this almost feels like a prosperity gospel where I was going like, if oh. you do this, then I will, you will never be hungry and everything will be fine. And, and I was just like, ooh, I don't know if that's—that's that's not right, God. I think you got it wrong. And then I thought more about it in the conversations that we've been—I did, didn't really think did you that. Say that. Did you no, say that? No, I didn't, but— I And I see you have this written here too, Amanda, like Eden, and I have on here, like this isn't Edenic society. This is God dwelling among his people and creating something that is different than we mm-hmm. experience now where he is going, if this, then this. And we know the rest of the story. We know that the if this doesn't go so well, but he is going, this is my commitment to you. That's the framing that helped mm-hmm. me as we read this because I think it's a These are sweet words from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Can you
2: read it for us, Rachel?
0: Just one through 12. Yeah,
2: let me read. Do not make worthless idols for yourselves. Set up a carved image or sacred pillar for yourselves, or place a sculpted stone in your land to bow down to it. For I am the Lord your God. Keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my statutes and faithfully observe my commands, I will give you rain at the right time. And the land will yield its produce, and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest, and the grape harvest will continue until sowing time. You will have plenty of food to eat and live securely in your land. I will give peace to the land, and you will lie down with nothing to frighten you. I will remove dangerous animals from the land, and no sword will pass through your land. You will pursue your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword." Five of you will pursue a hundred, and a hundred of you will pursue ten thousand. Your enemies will fall before you by the sword. I will turn to you, make you fruitful, and multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. You will eat the old grain of the previous year, and will clear out the old to make room for the new. I will place my residence among you, and I will not reject you. I will walk among you, and be your God, and you will be my people."
0: This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, thanks be to God. Mm
1: -hmm. That's Eden, I will walk among you.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: I just feel like that's not said very often in Scripture, where the Lord, where Yahweh says, I will walk among you, or where we see. Uh
0: um, This is a very special situation. It's unique and wonderful and just very, very intimate. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Jesus,
1: you know, when Jesus... Does walk among and us, among us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. I also like in the going deeper passage from Deuteronomy four. There's this little part that says, when they hear about all these statutes, like when the other nations hear about all the rules I have set up for you, that was Rachel's translation. But when they hear about all these statutes, they will say, this great nation is indeed a wise and understanding people. Hmm. I love that it's just like they're gonna see what is happening, and it will be magnetic to them. Not to everyone, but if this is done properly, and it won't always be, but if this is done properly, people are going to see that you're different, and they will see that you're wise. And I think even that feels like an invitation. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. It's funny that you said what you said, Ray, about feeling like, Wait, is this prosperity gospel? Right. And so as if reading your mind, That's right. the team put in the study book right after this day's reading that we were just in— they put an extra called True Worship, where it talks about that worship and obedience and ethics, like it's all inseparable, right? Mm-hmm. For God's people. And so, and then we go to these just reminders straight from scripture, mm-hmm. just quotes from scripture, that salvation is by faith alone. And then there's scripture proofs for that. And works are an outpouring of genuine faith. Yeah. And there's scripture. And that I think when, you know, what this reminds me of is it's like, okay, because a, a prosperity gospel assumes that like blessing looks a certain way. When when you're reading like when Rachel Jones, when you were just reading verse twelve, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. Yes, all of the blessings that are described here, and then when we flip the page, there will be curses that are described that are mm-hmm. like, if if you are not yeah. my people and do not live set apart, then these really unfortunate things will happen. Yes. Um It reminded me of the psalm, and I can't recall where it is right now, but where it talks about that the presence of God is my good. Mm -hmm. And like what we're after here is not the physical blessing Mm -hmm. from the land or from our like relationships with the other nations or whatever. What we're after here is the I will walk among you and be your God and you'll be my people. Like it's God's Mm -hmm. presence that is the ultimate blessing and it's his presence that is our good. And so his presence brings about the blessing and that only happens when we're in his presence. So if we opt out, yeah, (laughs) this, what it was being described in chapter, is it 26? If you do not obey, if you do not, if you do not, what's being described is the brokenness of the world. Like, this is what happens. Rachel, where do you, as a Bible reader, a student of the Bible and a Bible teacher, Mm -hmm. when you're in this, like, so we get through the kind of the blessings and curses Mm -hmm. portion, right? Where do you land with that? Like, where does Leviticus kind of leaves us It feels to me in sort of like a, I want to say in like an incomplete spot, but obviously I'm not saying that God's word is incomplete. Mm -hmm, No one, mm -hmm. no one at me. It's a piece of the story. Yeah. But like, what do we make of the way that this ends? Because even chapter 27, it just feels like some taking care of business. You know, it almost feels Mm -hmm. like an appendix (laughs) to Mm -hmm. the rest of the book.
2: Yeah cuz t- chapter 26 you know you're sort of set up with these two options basically aren't they you know and it's it's you know keep my covenant and it will go well for you yeah don't keep my covenant and it will go badly for you and it's like Israel have this sort of fork in the road you know it's kind you of like a faithful, door number 1 or you can be unfaithful yeah exactly and you know with our kind of whole bible hats on we know which way it goes. We know yeah. that it ends the way God says it will end with, yeah. you know, more and more discipline for disobedience. And eventually they are scattered, exiled. Yeah. It's kind of a bit sad. You're right. It's a strange ending because it's a bit sad and a bit sobering because you know that this, you know, they can't keep Leviticus. They don't, <laughs> they, they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're right. You kind of have this chapter 27, which is talking about people making vows to the Lord. So sort of like, oh, I, I pledge I pledge myself to your service or I pledge my animals to your sacrifice or I pledge my land to you. And yeah, you're right. It kind of feels like a bit of admin, which is like, okay, so if you pledge this, it's worth this. And if you pledge that, it's worth that. Right. And yeah, it's an unusual ending. But I guess, you know, there's, there's maybe a bit of a contrast with chapter 26 ends with this idea that, you know, even after the people have been taken away, God will still be faithful to his yes. covenant. Mm-hmm. And when they return to him, he will still be faithful yes. to them. And he will, you know, he will keep the covenant even if they don't. That's right. Um, he is not changing. And, yeah. And he is faithful. Yeah. Even though, as we sort of see in chapter 27, people aren't very good at keeping their promises to God. God is very good at keeping his promises to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the whole Bible, as we read it as a whole, teaches us that God is in the business of restoration and reconciliation, Mm -hmm. reconciling the world to Himself. So while the book of Leviticus ends where it does with the if this, then this, and if this, then this, and we know as Bible readers what happens, we also know what happens. We know that in the Mm -hmm. end, we will be reconciled to God, that He will walk among us. And He does that through the blood of the Passover lamb, Jesus. And so because we get the whole of Scripture, we get to know the ways this goes badly and the ways it goes well and the way it goes perfectly. Yeah. And that's where ending the book of Leviticus where we are also just helps us go, thank God for Jesus. <laughs> like, thank you for your son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love just before we
1: close, I it just it's so fun to have... To make a new friend, mm-hmm. Rachel Jones, and to know that we know very little about each other—like we all just met this morning, mm-hmm. right, or this afternoon, uh-huh. depending mm-hmm. on where we are in the world—in the future, um, Rachel, Rachel Jones is in the living in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. Mm-hmm. Yes, just don't don't tell us what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I just love to take the opportunity to hear from. A woman who loves scripture so much that she mined it and and created a book about periods for women who are like, yes, thank you, like or men or that's true. It is pink.
0: Yeah, that's true. true. I don't know that you see a lot of guys (laughs) carrying around, but still, theology is for everyone.
1: But someone who loves scripture enough to dig into the things that, like you said, like I just don't think other people are going to go there, and you're not wrong. And so it was why, like, that our team was so excited. Mm -hmm. Like it was literally a buzz around the office Mm -hmm. for a few days. It was like you have to read this book, and they passed it around Mm -hmm. over the course of a week. And so to hear from you give give our listeners, give us kind of a pep talk of like, what are the rewards of being a student of the Bible who digs in that deeply mm-hmm. and keeps going?
2: I suppose, yeah, I'd want to bring it back to that verse we just read about this idea that, you know, we can meet with God. Like, God yeah. meets with us as we read his word and you know if there's one thing Leviticus gives us it's a bigger view of who the lord is and how holy he is and how set apart he is you know like you said you know you can't you can't come to Leviticus and come away with the impression that this is all casual yeah. and yet you know he's a god who wants to meet with his people and wants to dwell with them and wants to walk with them. And that's the purpose behind everything we see in Leviticus. Yes, And that's the purpose to which he sent Jesus. And that's the purpose to which Amen. he has given us his word and his spirit. And yeah, in, in prepping for this, I was just so overjoyed to think about all the women reading Leviticus now right now, <laughs> digging into the Bible together. I love yeah. that. Yes. And, you know, the idea that, God is meeting with each one of us, Mm -hmm. wherever we are, whether in the UK or Nashville or wherever else, through his word, by his spirit, because he he loves to meet with his people. And he wants to be known, and he wants to reveal himself. And sometimes it's it's these parts of the Bible, which are kind of newer to us, that kind of have the potential to surprise us in a refreshing way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it really is true. Like, you know, Jesus says, like, All of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like they're about me. Yeah. Like, hey guys, it's all about me. And so it's true that when we dig in to the Old Testament in these places, these kind of unlikely places, the gospel is there. Leviticus is about Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm.
0: Okay. As we wrap this episode and we're wrapping the episode but y'all are just starting your weeks. So friends listening, right. I hope that this conversation I love hearing from y'all and you guys are really sweet to write in so often. Like I feel like this week alone I've read so many messages about like feedback on the podcast, excited to like spread it out over the week or different mm-hmm. things. Anyway, I I love hearing from y'all so keep writing in. That's really sweet. But This is your pep talk. Be a woman in the Word of God every day this week. Be a woman in the book of Leviticus. And like Rachel said, like all of these women all over the world, all these men, reading Leviticus together is so powerful and and life-changing. And then next week... We are starting the book of Hebrews.
1: Rachel Jones, we're going to read Hebrews right right after Leviticus, right? That sounds good. Yeah. Yes, we're excited. So as a benediction to our time together Mm -hmm. and in the book of Leviticus here on the podcast, and as a teaser for what we're going to begin to read next week, Rachel, would you read for us the benediction in the study book? It's Hebrews 10, 19 through 23.
2: Therefore, brothers and sisters... Since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful.
0: Whew, that'll preach. Amen. That is the word of the Lord, sprinkled clean. And friends, as we rise in celebration of the finished work of Christ and rejoice, actually rejoice that we are forgiven, we are atoned for, and living our lives as sacrifices a part of the royal priesthood Mm. under the great high priest jesus who is seated at the right hand of the father i cannot wait for next week except for we will we will wait seven days because we have (laughs) we have some leviticus to finish this week and it will be worth it y'all but until next week rachel as we close what do we tell our friends keep
2: opening your bibles